Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm a private investor. Uh, I'm here talking with Jason Jessup, the CEO of Magna Mining. Magna Mining is one of my core holdings. It's in the nickel copper space in Sudbury, Ontario, uh, the nickel capital of the world, in my opinion. Uh, and just for those who are listening, the only relationship I have with this company is that I'm a large shareholder. I'm doing this under my own volition because I'm an active uh, shareholder and I tend to take a, uh, a large interest in, in the companies that I, I put my capital into and stay up to date. So I'm sharing with you today uh, an update with the CEO who has generously provided his time. Uh, hi, Jason. How are you? I'm excellent, Doc. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, nice to see you as well. Uh, so you had a release today, some more draw results out of the uh, the 109 and, and the 101, uh, which, uh, again, it's getting to be a bit of an old, old hat, but uh, you keep on hitting mineralization in areas that were uh, modeled as barren or low grade within the uh, the 43101 that was comprised of all the drilling of the pre previous operators. But you guys have been doing a an excellent job. Um, so it just tells me that when you do re-release re the, the resource update, that you're going to have more tons and at a higher grade than already a, a quite robust grade. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the results today, I think, you know, are always uh, pleasing when you start seeing grades that are, you know, like some of the 101 holes that had intersections, 2.4 meters at 2.8% uh, nickel, uh, 8.7 copper with a gram of precious metals. Like those are really world-class spectacular grades. Now over 2.4 meters, some people might think that's quite narrow. In my experience here in Sudbury, definitely mining in footwall deposits, uh, mining two meters wide is, is quite doable. And at those kind of grades, you know, you're talking based on our uh, PEA NSR calculations, those indicative terms and, and prices, you know, that would be $1,100 NSR rock. So yeah. um, at, you know, call it two meter wide mining widths, that is, uh, that's, that's pretty great stuff. You don't see it often. So it is really, it's really great. We've developed a, a much, much better understanding of the uh, mineralization and the continuity of these high grade veins in the um, 101 foot wall you know, previously the drill spacing and in the block size that was used, you know, tend to dilute those grades down quite a bit. Right. Uh, in that particular area, um, you know, it was more designed for your typical contact mineralization, which is, you know, richer right on the contact of the SIC, the Sudbury Ignis contact, which is, you know, the, the nickel mining that's typically done in Sudbury. Um, mm -hmm. And then you know, gradually starts to decrease as you go out to the hang wall. These sharp wall, foot wall type zones, um, you know, they don't really, you have to model them differently. So yeah. this drilling will help us, you know, enhance um, our modeling, the wireframes in these areas. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the grades will be a lot higher in the next resource update. And that's definitely what we're starting to see. Yeah, because I noticed in your presentation that you had proposed that um, under the scenario where you go into... Uh, advanced exploration then potentially into a toll milling uh, situation that your plan would be based on what's in the presentation here and what you you know currently uh, that you'd be able to the first five six years mine and optimize uh, at, at a grade higher than two percent nickel equivalent uh, which you know for if you use a nine dollar nickel per pound and two percent you're looking at you know 
$400 rock. If you're at 2.5, $500 rock. And then when you back out the uh, cost that are in, in, in your, um, your PEA, as far as your milling, mining, transportation and tolling, you're left with uh, uh, a very robust margin of, you know, three, three hundred, four hundred dollars a ton of of uh, of cash flow after those costs have been extracted. So uh, anyone who wants to do some fun math, do a thousand tons a day or two thousand tons a day times that grade times three hundred sixty five days a year minus your cost. And you'll see that uh, the potential economics here are well over a uh, hundred million a year under those uh that scenario and and U.S. dollars, considering the capital cost stated in there, is is the the payback would be months, like you know six seven months basically, and then you run for years and years and years and years. So that's pretty. Yeah, it's a, you know we're we're going through the exercise right now of you know updating our wireframes, especially yeah. for the one hundred nine, the uh, one hundred one, and now um, in the previous press releases we talked about the 105 which is another footwall zone that basically links between the 101 and the the 109 um, in that area starting at about 350 feet below surface going down to about uh, 14 1500 feet below surface right. and you know we are we're detailing that so we can start to put together um, a much more detailed mine plan for addicts in which mm -hmm is we want to go in and take some stopes um, to better understand these, to reconcile against the block models. Um, and, and of course, that material would get shipped off to one of the local mills here in Sudbury. Um, and, you know, just on that note, the discussions are, are going very well on our okay. um, ore selling agreement. Right. The first uh, terms back that, um, you know, I have to say we're, we're quite pleased with. So there's you know, the legal matters to get things drafted up, but hopefully, uh, you know, we're still on track to have those announced before the end of the year. So that's great. Um, but as we go through and start looking at these detailed plans, it is a, you know, in it, not much different than the intersections we see. We're going to be able to mine, we believe, some some very high grade materials, some very valuable rock, um, mm -hmm. you know, close to surface and get into that in our first 12 months of mining. So that's exciting. That's, that's yeah. really, you know, I've seen lots of good high grade deposits in Sudbury over my years, but never this close to surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Cause I remember, uh, well, I, I've been there twice now and, um, uh, the, uh, his, the old head frame is, is right on the one Oh nine. Is it? Uh, the so one, yeah. no, the one one, right. So, so, <laughs> They, they never mind, they never mind it but uh you you can just go up there with your hammer and and just break off pieces of of, of highly minerals rock where you see the chocolate pyrite and, yeah. and the panadite and yeah it's it's very exciting so so i'm, I'm glad they never did that <laughs> they put that yeah. in the wrong place so that that that's that's good for us well uh, you know back in the early days and going through some of the you know the historical uh you know reports like the crane hill mine originally you know you had two percent nickel in some areas four percent copper in this main zone um with thicknesses of up to 30 meters so they had lots of really good stuff to go and mine and and they focused on that you know and they mined their way to depth and um and they did a great job and i'm sure they made lots of money doing it um but that being said then they left a lot of stuff behind and, and there's still a lot more i think to be discovered yeah, the, the main zone you 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 put a, a hole in there as well, and and you had almost a hundred meters of uh, two percent nickel equivalent 
Uh, how does how does that um, what does that mean in as far as was this already represented in the resource or not? So this is a uh, you know some of the the wireframing that was done um, and was done by the prior owner of the the property. Um, for some reason, this area was not, I guess, included in the resource because it was basically wireframed out. Okay. Um, and you know, as we started looking through doing you know sections and level plans and getting into more detail, you know, we recognized there was holes drilled. Um, you know, since the historic mining would have been done, that shows the mineralization is still there. So that's what gave us the the idea to go and, and drill another hole in there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we were, we had confidence that there would be mineralization there. Um, from what we've gathered from that and some of the other work we've done, it looks like there's an area that's probably about 100 meters on strike, um, approximately 30 meters vertically and approximately 30 meters, you know, thick, like sort of in width, um, that is not in the resource um, and is includes, you know, a, a lot of what is the main deposit. Um, that would have been mined historically, but they left this large sill pillar in there, um, probably because back in the time it was mined, there just wasn't the type of ground support we have now. It wouldn't have been cable bolting. It would have been a lot of timber set stoping and, and that type of mining or just leaving big areas open, shrinkage mining them and leaving them unbackfilled. So mm -hmm. this is an area we can look at, uh, including in a resource. And then, um, you know, with some more additional work, look at incorporating into future mine plans in the early part of the mine life. Yeah, because it's close to surface. It's very economic. It's excellent grades. And you said 30, 30 by 30 by 100. Uh, and if you use like a bulk density or gravity of uh, 3.5, yeah, you get like 300,000 tons there of this uh, more than 2% uh, nickel, just uh, nickel equivalent right there. So that's that's very valuable rock to uh, potentially add to, to a resource. Um, so you know the market has been very dislocated lately, right? Like it's uh, it's uh, lot, lot, lots of cross currents and whatnot. So I think I think some investors, uh, you know, are, are are wondering how you would fare in a situation where the broad market still is in the toilet for the next six months or whatnot. Like how how are you set up for uh, cash as well as hard dollars to cover? Uh, GNA and whatnot, because you announced a plan next year that you plan to drill more meters than this year, about 24,000 meters, something like 25, that. 25,000, right? We've been approved by the board. Okay. So, so, so budget, yeah. So, so are, are you, are you fully funded for that? So, yeah, we're, we're completely funded for that. We're in a very, very fortunate position, especially in these types of markets. Yeah. Um, you know, we raised enough money and we are quite, quite frugal and, you know, especially, um, in our, our hard dollars, but as well as in our, our flow through, we're not drilling meters just to, to spend dollars. Yeah. Um, we want to make every meter count. And this year we were fortunate that um, we actually, you know, we're under budget from what we had proposed. We drilled more meters for actually less than we had budgeted. Um, and we're still drilling this year. So that's great. But that leaves us with a very healthy um, balance for next year. So as of our last financials on June 30th, um, this year we had 18 and a half million. So obviously we've spent money since then, but we are going to be fully funded for a larger exploration budget next year. So if the markets continue the way they are um, for, you know, the, the next six months or 10 months, even, um, you know, we are able to continue to execute a very robust exploration program um, mm -hmm. without needing to raise $1. Um, 
Um, we have enough hard dollars and enough flow through to continue our exploration and, and running the company. And, you know, we're, we're quite excited about that. That's a great position to be in. We're not going to be doing any financing, any raise at anywhere near where the share price is. Um, the next financing that we'll do, it'll have to be at a, a reasonable cost of capital mm-hmm. and it'll be for a very specific purpose. It will be for either, um, you know, we, we see there's an opportunity to raise capital at an acceptable cost of capital for advanced exploration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we believe we'll have everything in place by the end of this year to do that, uh, yeah. to, to start. But we're not going to go out and raise money at these prices right now. We'll defer that a little bit if we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the same time, we're looking at some other, you know, quite attractive, creative, non-dilutive options okay. uh, to move forward into that uh, advanced exploration. So we'll keep exploring that. But until we have, um, you know, a cost of capital that makes sense to to shareholders, and I'm a big shareholder, so yeah. I'm, I'm right there. Um, until we have that, we'll, we'll continue drilling, exploring, um, working towards a new discovery. And uh, yeah, and we'll raise money when, when it's appropriate. Yeah, because... You know, if you go the non-dilutive route, route to get into the toll milling, you're looking at, you know, even if you're playing uh, something like 10% a year in interest or something like that, the uh, the first year's cash flow at mining, you know, 1,500 tons a day at 2.5% nickel equivalent using the recoveries and the costs and the PEA, you're looking at uh, taking that debt out in under the, a year and then you would still be mining that high grade for another six, seven, eight, nine years and, you know, just building a cash balance that would yeah. become pretty tremendous. So, so yeah, like we've talked about this before about how, how things would work uh, from a financial standpoint. And uh, yeah, there's lots of levers that it seems you could pull and some that, that uh, have not become apparent, like uh, there could be an OEM that wants to, finance or an offtake partner, there's uh, lots of possibilities and it's not a lot of money anyway. So I, I don't know really worried about that. Um, so it, you, going into next year, you have a big exploration program and you're also doing some geophysics uh, on Crane Hill as well as Shakespeare. Um, so so what, what what is your thesis there? What is your plan there? That Because when we were talking before, you you were very excited about about that possibility based on your experience in footwall deposits. So so what do we have to look forward to here? Now that we have a robust resource, obviously really robust economics and a low cap capex once we do get into production. So, you know, the the real process of discovery, like true deposit discovery, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is a a scientific lengthy process. Obviously it involves a little bit of luck, but you can't count on luck. Um and what we've done this year is we've built a really good basis to understand the local geology. So our, our team, you know, been in Sudbury a long time. They understand broadly Sudbury geology and, and how these deposits form and what to look for. But now we were able to get in and like, especially in some of these footwall structures, these 101s, 109s, 105s, understanding these structures. And they're so critical to really where to, to understanding where you're going to make a discovery in the footwall. And as I said before, these, these significant footwall discoveries, especially the type of footwall discoveries that are, you know, just found on the south range of the Sudbury complex, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
they're often far back in the footwall. They could be as much as five, 600 meters back into the footwall. So when you start getting that far away from the contact, um, you know, it takes a lot of work to really pinpoint it. So what we've done this year with a lot of this drilling, you know, is, as well as better defining the mineralization, but we've also better defined these structures, how they work, how they carry fluids, how they interact with other structures that are on the property. With that, you know, we've developed some theories on where the most prospective areas in the footwall, getting far back in the footwall, you know, as far as 500 meters into the footwall. And these are the areas we want to really focus on um, going forward to make this significant footwall discovery. And mm -hmm. that is what gets me excited. You know, I've been part of not on the exploration team, but part of you know FNX mining when we made some of these massive discoveries of the Levac footwall, Podolsky 2000 deposit, the Victoria deposit. You know, these were, you know, discoveries that had billions of dollars worth of contained metal in them. Yeah. Um, you know, very significant. So this is what we're looking to do. Now that we have all this information, we're in a position to move to the next stage of this discovery process is actually start testing some of these theories mm -hmm. uh, without wasting meters. You know, we could have, you know, started eight months ago, drilling a bunch of deep holes all over the place, you know, but we would have wasted a lot of meters. And really that's not what we do. It's not the science, you know, we're not trying to throw darts at a board and, and hoping to hit the bullseye. We're going to take our time and, and plan this out. So we've drilled our first, deep platform hole okay in the footwall um you know it was about a 1400 meter hole so very successfully done um you know really targeting where the first area we want to explore we've completed the geophysics on it, the borehole geophysics just okay. recently like very recently um mm -hmm. that is now being handed over to the geophysicist we're working with he's going to be interpreting that um and it's an iterative process. So, you know, it's not a hard, fast science where you can um, take this data and it tells you exactly where to drill your next hole. But it does give you a lot of information that can help you target it. And sometimes you got to drill multiple holes before mm -hmm. you actually figure out the correct orientation. There's often, you know, almost an infinite number of solutions for any of these types of uh, these target areas. So we're going to keep working on that, um, drill some more deep holes with that goal of making a significant footwall discovery. And, you know, this is what I'm excited to have the budget to do that right now. Yeah. And, and all the background information, it is a, a very exciting time for exploration for Magnum. With um, Shakespeare, you, you've drilled about 6,000 meters uh, Shakespeare this year. Um, uh, I don't think you haven't released any of those yet, right? Yeah, we haven't released any of the assays from, from Shakespeare yet. So that is to come. Um, we're still getting information back in, QEQC, and the, the assays are coming in. Um, the drilling just got completed approximately three, four weeks ago. So it takes a while to get everything logged. Assays, you know, were sent out for assay, all the samples. And um, mm -hmm. as we get those back, you know, they will we'll compile everything and probably put out a, a release, you know, in the coming couple months for sure yeah but, uh, yeah you know it was a a good year as well the team was really tasked at, at looking for big big step outs mm -hmm. um, build that knowledge and you know and ultimately our goal at, at Shakespeare is to make another significant discovery like the deposit we currently have so it's not incremental small step outs we're looking for something big we're, we're hunting in elephant country looking for that elephant
Yeah, yeah. Well, you already have combined over 50 million tons across both properties. And in the near term, it sounds like you could either, there's different routes I I, I see the company taking, correct me if I'm wrong, like you could start uh, toll milling and then take that cash flow pretty quickly and start building the mill and then incorporate Shakespeare. Or depending on how things go, you could keep toll milling and increase tonnage there at Crane Hill and do that later on or do both at the same time. Like there's so many possibilities, right? We do have a lot of flexibility on those. And um, and I've said this before, but I'll, I'll kind of remind yeah. yourself and, and all the listeners that, you know, we are doing internal work right now um, to take the information from our PEA, which mm-hmm. our alternative processing scenario really did highlight that there is a justification to do a combined study between Crane Hill and Shakespeare to see mm-hmm. what that, that, complex could look like where we're processing both crane hill open pit ore and and underground and potentially open pit ore from crane hill into a shakespeare mill so um that work is is, we're doing a lot of trade-off studies right now internally it's going very well um we've made a lot of progress in the last two months on that so that will continue but again there's so much flexibility when you look at you know what does it look like if we have you know, a certain amount of open pit ore from Shakespeare combined with a certain amount of underground ore from Crane Hill. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we fill the mill, then the trade-off is, do we build a bigger mill or do we take that surplus and ship it to one of the other mills already existing in Sudbury? And so right. there's so much optionality being in Sudbury with so much infrastructure already in place and such a large resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually from a you know, my perspective, uh, being a, a mining guy, it's a lot of fun looking at all these different options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you you could take the contact or maybe to a third party mill because you're going to recover most of the nickel and the copper. And then maybe the foot wall that's higher in the PGMs to your own mill where you have your shaker tables or whatnot or, you know, yeah, recoveries exactly. there. You know, it's in the end, it's all the, you know, how much, how much do you get to keep of all the cash flow, right? So um and with the 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 size of the resource you know uh, at 4000 tons a day or 5 5000 tons a day that's uh that's close to uh, 2 million tons a year so that's like 20 24 year mine life combined you know well potentially like in yeah, resources exactly. right yeah. not all of it's going to make make, uh, make it in. But it's a uh, it's a great place to start. A lot yeah. of material to work with. It allows us also to start playing around with different cutoff grades. And yeah. what we mine for the first ten years at a higher cutoff grade, and then we can reduce that cutoff grade because everything's been the infrastructure underground has all been put in place, and yeah. and then mine the other material because your actual cost per ton should go down quite a bit when you don't have the sustaining capital necessary. And yeah, so yeah. a lot of uh, like a lot of flexibility when you're working with such a large resource. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, as far as um, oh, the um, the critical metals tax credit uh, stuff coming out of the government, uh, how are you feeling about that? What's your take on 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 those developments? Yeah, there's been a few uh, recent developments from the Canadian government that's been quite positive. So um, very recently, they've announced the the Canadian Growth Fund, which is a, a fifteen billion dollar fund that is looking to um, you know, support investments into uh, a number of different sectors that are supporting basically 
um, the transition to the cleaner energy, to carbon capture, into the the metals that are necessary to make all this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that will allocate uh, money to to mining operations for critical minerals, and that is very interesting. And it's they're taking uh, applications this fall. Okay. So, very new. It's a, a significant size fund. Right. Um, so that's something that, you know, we think will really benefit ourselves as well as, you know, other other peers in the industry in Canada. Right. Uh, so that's really positive. And, and it seems like they've put in a team that is not necessarily a bunch of bureaucrats that don't know how to allocate it. They've, I think they're setting this up more like a, a traditional investment fund. Hmm. Uh, so Hopefully they'll know how to allocate it and they'll be able to evaluate projects and, and allocate the money fairly quickly. So we may see some, some benefits from that. And by we, I mean our industry from that in Canada, um, you know, as early as next year. Uh, and then there's been another development with the, um, the Critical Minerals Infrastructure Fund. And that's another fund that'll be looking to, to allocate into, you know, building the infrastructure necessary um, for projects like our Shakespeare project and other critical mineral projects to actually get them supported to be able to build. So mm-hmm. things like power lines, um, gas lines, roads, right. um, you know, so there's, that's another fund I think is really, really positive. And again, very new, um, you know, we're still learning a bit about that one and, and how to, you know, access any of that capital, but it's great to see government support for mining again. And I think that, you know, when this money starts getting allocated, along with the um, 30 percent critical minerals incentive tax credit that the government announced and passed into legislation uh, back in June of this year, um, you know, all these things combined should make our sector very attractive Mm. um, for for generalist investors again. Um, And that's what we really need. Yeah. And and just a caveat there uh, to my understanding um based on the economics the pa and 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 whatnot magna is in no way dependent on getting some kind of grant or government subsidy to be a very profitable endeavor you know like that that that's a sweetener it's like you, you know, if the government wants to give you 50 million dollars or 100 million dollars towards your project great you just supercharge my irr but you know it's low low capex high grade you know you don't it's, it's yeah, like, it's it's definitely uh, you know it'd be a great way to lower our cost of capital. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's not necessary uh, yeah. at this point, and it's not necessary for Shakespeare or Crane Hill. But it's definitely an opportunity. It's an opportunity we hope to take advantage of, and yeah, you know, yeah sure. makes things better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly would expedite the process, certainly, and would be very welcomed. Um, uh, I saw today uh, Talon, Talon, uh, uh, the only other feasibility stage uh, nickel project in North America. They got their U.S. Uh, Department of Energy signs the uh, agreement, re- 114 million bipartisan infrastructure law funding. So they're getting their money um, from the U.S. government, which I think we're still waiting on our uh, determination from the U.S. government um, as far as their uh, their grants and, and whatnot. Yeah, you know, we're still, uh, you know, quite optimistic on on our application. We're one of the few projects out there, we believe, meets, you know, all the all the check marks, all the criteria for the um, IRA, you know, Title III program. So it is a, uh, it's a bit of a waiting game, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would like to believe we're in queue and 
Um, it's just a matter of time. Is there is there more uh, assays to come from Crane Hill that haven't been reported yet? Is it- yeah, there's still some additional assays to come from Crane Hill, and um, you know, and there'll be some more drilling this year. But as I mentioned, you know, the drilling this year, we are starting to look at more deep uh, platform holes. So. <laughs> You know, perhaps less exciting from a you know a retail investor perspective in the short term, but it really is extremely exciting from a discovery potential because those are that's the kind of work you do that results in you know real world class discoveries being made. But yeah, there is some other holes that uh, will be released that have been drilled, and we're waiting on assay results. Yeah. So for just to recap, uh, so you finished up. Uh... Your originally uh, stated drill program under budget, uh, which was great. Good job. You have, uh, as of June thirtieth, um, eighteen point five million. Some a bit of that has has been used since then. But you're very well. Point being, you're very well capitalized, both with flow through and hard dollars for next year's to execute on twenty five thousand meters. Uh, your ore selling agreement is moving forward. You're hammering out the final details and. That's on track to potentially be released sometime in Q4, maybe early Q1. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The well, I guess the only thing we haven't mentioned is, uh, you know, to go along with the the ore selling agreement, we need to have the permitting completed. Right. Um, so just to give a little update on that, um, you know, it's moved ahead very well. Um, Good. We are <clears throat> the closure plan has not been filed yet, but we've had. Uh, back and forth with the ministry on the amended closure plan. Um, mm. They've essentially accepted all the, the changes and we've agreed on that. So it's, you know, sort of in the, the final, final, final stages of, um, you know, being accepted and filed. So that's good. again, on track to what we said by the end of the year, that would be in yeah. place. And our permit to take water, um, we've only had one comment come back from the ministry on that. Okay. Um, we addressed it and, you're still, again, hoping to have that um, approved and completed before the end of the year. So I am still quite uh, quite confident and optimistic we will have everything in place. So the definitive or selling agreement drafted, signed, the um, permit to take water approved, and the file closure plan um, before the end of the year, which puts us in a great position um, to move forward to advanced exploration sometime in 2024. Fantastic. That sounds good. Everything is you're checking off all the boxes. So, uh, well, there's really, you know, Doc, you look across our, our landscape and the risks, and you know, I'm sure a lot of the uh, the listeners and yourself have been following what's happening in Panama, for example. With oh yeah, exactly. quantum and for, um, you know, these are <clears throat> these are terrible stories for companies in our industry, and yeah, and it highlights the risk around you know jurisdictions and jurisdictional risks, and you know, again. Being in Sudbury, we're fortunate. It's one of the few places in the world where you have world-class critical mineral deposits, like absolutely mm-hmm. world-class, been around for over 120 years mining here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're so fortunate to be here where you have a, a good rule of law, you know, proper mining laws in place where permitting can happen quickly. Yeah. You have supportive locals, including the First Nations. Mm-hmm. Um and for us to go from, you know, essentially a little over one year from the time we close this acquisition yeah. to have, you know, amended closure plan for advanced exploration, 400,000 tons of mining um, to get started. And, you know, a 
permit to take water um, approved to have, you know, be able to negotiate or selling agreements where we could actually start mining and shipping ore and getting paid for it yeah. to do a lot in a year um, and to be in such a great jurisdiction with world-class uh, deposits and discovery potential. You know, I don't think people fully appreciate it yet. Um, <laughs> I'm confident they will. They will. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, we are very, very excited about what the future holds. There's a lot of good things coming. Um, and despite these, these tough markets, you know, we're not, I'm not losing sleep over it. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'd love the share price to be a lot higher. It will be a lot higher, yeah. but we're going to keep moving forward. We're not going to be doing anything, um, you know, that's, it's going to be overly dilutive and we're going to execute. We're going to deliver like we've always done. We've yeah. always said we're going to do, um, and we've done it. And so, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited. I think we'll, uh, we'll stand out against all of our peers in 2024. Great. That does sound good. Well, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's great. It's refreshing. It's, uh, it's really refreshing that you're able to get everything done uh, under budget, tick everything uh, as you said you would and uh, be in a position where we're not uh, needing capital for quite a long time and to not need capital and still be able to advance the project substantially in 2024. Um, yeah, that's really good. Well, um, I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's always nice to catch up and, uh, you know, probably in the, well, in the spring, I'll, I'll be back up in Sudbury. I don't know about the winter. So, so <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. We'd love to have you back in the spring. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be lots to talk about between uh, then and now, though, that yeah. to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. If some of these things uh, come in uh, between now and, and year end, then definitely I'd, I'd love to jump on a call and get your uh, uh, get your uh, opinion on them or or, or to uh, disseminate them a little a little more for for those who are interested uh, that would be great. All right. Well, well, thank you very much, Jason, and and all the best to you and the team, and and good work. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a very strong believer in the long term viability of this. I, I think this is going to be one of the one of the best uh, nickel plays, and yeah, yeah, for for many decades coming out of Canada. Well, thanks a lot, Doc. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, you know it's great to get just that story out to to broader market, broader number of investors because it is a it's a great story, and we're going to work really hard in making sure everyone hears it. Yeah, great, great. Okay, well, uh, carry on. We'll we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye.